Lifestyle choices and environmental factors impact your brain health and the physiology and psychology of your mental health. When you're ready to turn your brain on to get your game on, listen to In Your Head Radio. Now here's your host, Lee Richardson. So we've got a really great show for you guys today. We've got, you know, I know many of you have trouble focusing on your to-do list or you know that mind's just racing and particularly when you sit down or you lay down and try to go to sleep and you know we've all tried breathing I do that we all have stretch management techniques that we that we've tried but we've got some great ideas for you today because we've got Dr. Romy Mushtalk and she's here with a cure for your busy brain called Brain Shift. Dr. Romy is a triple board certified physician, award-winning speaker and national media expert. She mixes her unique authority in neurology, integrative medicine and mindfulness to transform cultures and teams. Dr. Romy currently serves as chief wellness officer at Evolution Hospitality, where she has scaled a mindfulness and wellness program for over 7,000 employees. These days, her most underutilized pre-pandemic talent is running through airports and high heels. Let's get ready to brain shift. For all of the In Your Head listeners, Dr. Romy, thank you so much for joining us today. Hello, Lee, and hello to all of my fellow busy brain folks that are out there listening live or to the recording later. Well, it's, you know, busy brain. I think we can all identify with that because at some point we do have a busy brain, whether on the average, maybe we don't, but we get stressed, we get too much going on. And, you know, it's it's so interesting for me to meet and to have as a guest someone that really comes at everything from a brain standpoint and I mean I know how I got into the brain business because my son got hit by a car but what were you like as a young girl did you always know you were going to be a doctor <laughs> well, thank you. I think, gosh, there was a lot said there. So, you know, busy brain will, uh, you'll have to circle back with me so I can define the clinical syndrome for you. But to answer okay. the question about myself as a young girl, I am the daughter of immigrants and English is my second, maybe third language. My father is a physician and came to this country recruited at a time in the United States when there was a national shortage of doctors and engineers. And Growing up, I was the firstborn child, and I, I think the only thing I ever remember hearing as a success mantra, Lee, was, we have one daughter, and you will become a doctor. <laughs> and when I was growing up, people were getting that Barbie head, you know, that you could do her hair and makeup, but I got the Fisher-Price stethoscope. Like, I would get chemistry sets. I, I would read the encyclopedia growing up. So I knew nothing other than high performance as a child. Well, that was your mantra. You had a mantra as a little girl. I will become a doctor. I will become a doctor. I'm so thankful for that, Lee, because even today, the uh, recognition that anyone that is identifying as female to go into a STEM career is still thwarted from a young age. Girls are programmed even more so with social media that, oh, your brain, no, my, my brain isn't good enough to do math or science. You know, this programming that comes and that it's it's how you post on social media, on TikTok or Instagram that counts. And, you know, I feel so thankful to my parents and my teachers that at a time when it was unheard of to promote a STEM education and a little girl advocated for me. 
Well, and it turns to, to serve you well, and you've done the most you could with it. You know, you wanted to become a doctor, and then I understand you left medicine. I did. So, you know, we fast forward um, my career. I enjoyed every moment of it. I had a intrigue with brain science before it was sexy Lee. So we were in in neurology and psychiatry. We were known as the geeks and the freaks inside medicine, less, you know, and when I entered neurology in the 1990s, less than 5% of the brain doctors in the United States were women. So I knew very quickly, oh my gosh, keep your head down, your heels high and stay focused. But Lee, I was struggling. Like there were days I would show up to work and I was productive. I could just get everything done on my to-do list, see every patient, get my charting done, have time to, you know, do something healthy, like cook a meal or exercise. But there were other days that it was like, who hijacked my brain? It's like my brain cells are on fire. I'm frazzled. I can't focus. I keep drinking coffee. Nothing is working. It's taking me 10 times longer to get one thing done. And that was on, and and like looking back now, that was my earliest symptoms of busy brain that untreated go on to become burnout. And in 2010, the mental and brain stress turned into physical symptoms and I w- became very ill and I ended up in life-saving surgery in 2010. And it was at that point that I realized like, wow, whatever I've learned in traditional medical school isn't going to help me get out of this mess. And, uh, you know, if people watch my TED talk, The Powerful Secret of Your Breath, um, they hear the story of, you know, at a time before YouTube or mindfulness apps, my elders led me to uh, mindfulness and meditation. And that sent me on a journey around the world to learn from the master healers. Like, what is it I need to heal myself in addition to the surgery? And somewhere along the way of meditating with the monks in Cambodia or learning Ayurveda with my teacher in Indonesia, I had this aha moment, like, oh my gosh, this is not just about me. There is a mission bigger than myself. Like I need to go help other type A, unapologetic, success-driven professionals take care of their brain and mental health in the workplace so they don't end up sick. And that's the full circle moment. So I'm still a board certified licensed physician, but now instead of healing individuals, I heal teams and organizations. So that is, is what I do as the founder of the brain shift Institute. Well, I love that, you know, you talk about brain shift and brain health because my mission for 2022 is to really take the emphasis off of mental health and mental illness and put it on brain health and because mental health is brain health and there's no, there's nothing wrong with waking up and not feeling like you're going to make it through the day because you're too anxious or you're depressed i mean if you hurt your leg what do we do we immediately go see a doctor but if we wake up and we don't feel like that we're, we can really cope we feel overwhelmed. We have the nastiest little talk with ourselves. Come on now, power through. You got to do it. So I love, you know, the, the, the phrase brain shift, because I think that's really going to be key for all the people that in the last two years, mental health has reached an all time high. And I don't see that disappearing overnight. I, you know, I see where you're saying, and Lee, I'm going to say it's a both and, um, that we don't say we stop talking about mental health, but to your poignant, I, I think where you were going with this as a board certified doctor and brain health, I say this, is that 
the state, you know, we can't rebuild our businesses or relationships with for without first getting the state of our brain straight. And so as we do that, your brain and mental health is is combined, that it is the structure of your brain and how your brain is functioning. And brain function is cognition, like your memory and your processing. And it is also your mood or your mental well-being and mental health. So it's a both. Um, and I think there are people of, you know, generations and in a lot of times the C-suite, I'll often get asked, do you, do you think mental health is just a buzzword right now? All of a sudden, everyone's talking about it. And I, I don't think it's a buzzword. It's that it's been unaddressed for so long. And then you put the crisis of the pandemic and everything associated with the pandemic on top of it. And you know, it, it was a volcano waiting to erupt. And, and now we're dealing with the, the volcano that is overflowing and causing destruction, which is the lack of infrastructure for brain and mental health, not only in the United States, but to the listeners around the world. Absolutely. And before the pandemic in the United States, one out of four Americans over the age of 12 either suffered from a mental health illness or a substance use disorder. And that was before the pandemic. So what's good, you know, what we're going to go, where we're going to go next is going to really require people being able to check in with themselves. And, you know, a lot of people take great pride. I've never had a sick day in my life. You know, that's their badge of honor that they want to wear. But don't you think that's a dangerous attitude? No, Lee, what I'll tell you, I, I agree with you, is that um, I, I think the difference with me is now that I'm working with teams, we have the ability to research and get data and not make assumptions. So during the pandemic, very early on, we started to get calls of, Dr. Romy, could you help our team virtually? Our employees are stressed. So I used to be hired as the out-of-the-box speaker. What? There's a doctor, there's a keynote speaker coming in to talk about brain health and mindfulness? Like, what is this? And what we quickly learned in April of 2020 was the usual stress management techniques were falling to the wayside or not enough. Nobody wanted to hear our brain doctor say, eat berries and breathe and everything is going to be just fine. That's why we started to give what we call is the busy brain test to people. And that's a validated neuropsychology test that looks at the negative effect of stress on your cognition, your mood, and your physical health. So your memory and processing performance, your mood and physical symptoms in your body. And 17,000, we've looked at the data points now, 17,000 adults that have taken the test and found that um, 82% of people had what we call as a busy brain or that the stress levels were so high that it was negatively impacting mood, memory, and physical well-being. And so that's where we started to research, like we need something beyond berries and breathing. And that is where the brain shift protocol came in. And we started to take folks through the brain shift eight-week workplace wellness program, measure the improvement. And so now we have an up-to-date stress system to heal individuals, but do it at scale so we can work with large teams. And that's where we are now. It's going to be people who come up with innovative solutions. Well, I was really impressed during the pandemic, Microsoft, they put a tremendous amount of research into what the digital intensity of the pandemic has done to the brain. And they did a study and they actually 
had people put the, the EEG cap on their head and they recorded the whole day. Well, it was a half a day. They recorded brain waves. And the first Monday that they did it, they had people in 30 minutes meetings going from one subject to another, no break in, in between at all. And they recorded the over two hours worth of data. And then the second week when they came back, they had did the same thing, the 30 minute meetings, shifting from topic to topic, but they had them stop and take a 10 minute break. And they all did a mindfulness and an app, but they just wanted consistency. And the difference in the brain ways, the brain maps was just incredible. How that 10 minutes could calm that brain down. So I think it's amazing that the program that you're doing. So tell me more. You said it's an eight-week program. Yeah, to address the data from Microsoft, I actually know the researchers there. They were actually looking at attention span and how we are distracted by digital devices. Um, and that is contributing to busy brain. So let me start from the beginning, Lee, and define busy brain. Okay. I'm old enough to say that we in the neurology and psychiatry field got it wrong, that um, adult onset attention deficit disorder, or ADD or ADHD in adults, anxiety and insomnia are not three separate diseases. And that right now, especially in the pandemic, the way we're treating these is just making the problem worse. We wake up fatigued, so we're caffeinating all day or taking prescription stimulants like Ritalin or Adderall, and that just makes anxiety um, worse. And so now you're wired all day, so people are using alcohol or sedative medications at night for insomnia, and that's just fueling the anxiety during the day. So, you know, it's this vicious cycle of whatever we're doing the day, during the day is making insomnia worse, and whatever we're taking at night is making the anxiety worse. And that all three of those things, the, you know, difficulty focusing, anxious or ruminating anxiety and insomnia are all one disease. And their root cause and pattern of inflammation in the brain comes from one problem or one pattern of inflammation. And I call that the busy brain. So not everybody has a busy brain because some people are stressed and they end up in a brain fog or depressed, or they end up with lower back pain. This is a specific pattern that we're researching that high functioning individuals tend to experience more people like you and I, Lee, we get more done in one day than maybe the, the, you know, average worker, right? As a, as a startup uh, founder myself and a, a C-suite executive. And the last thing a success-driven professional wants to be told is you need to slow down and go with the flow. You know, we are the leaders and the thought leaders that are uh, kind of guiding people and teams out of the pandemic in our various areas of discipline. So what can I do for these types of people? And so one, we had to define busy brain. Two, we had to learn what was the stress doing to individuals? This isn't your run of the mill, I'm stressed and I can't sleep and I just need a weekend at the spa or a vacation and I'll be fine, that there were actual changes happening in the brain and in the body. So that is what busy brain is, number one. And then, so that test, and we'll give a link to your, your viewers, or they'll find it on all my social media, Dr. Romy, or on my website, they can take it for free and get a score, that if you score above a 30, we now know that you have potentially a busy brain and that the stress is actually leading to symptoms. So I want to get to the root cause of it. What tipped the scale 
in your brain, Lee, or my brain, or your producer, Ben, who's graciously in the background today. And where the current stress management techniques fall short is we give the same recipe to all of us, yet you, I, and Ben could be having completely different symptoms. That's where brain shift came along of what could I do to get to the root cause so that all three of us got an individualized solution. And so, you know, in a combination of an eight-week wellness program I'm running at live in a technology program, and we send folks to get a panel of special labs from their primary care doctor, we can then get to the root cause and give an actual solution. So do you, and, and I was listening to you talk, and, and when I, because I work with a lot of anxious people, and I work with a lot of depressed people, and I kind of correlate it to what's going on in their autonomic nervous system, and, you know, that fight, flight, or freeze, is a busy brain, is that the fight or flight part of it? That's a, a part of it, right? So we, we should be careful as clinicians not to lump anxiety and depression in in one um, category is, is the first thing I'll say. They are two very different um, problems in the brain of structure and function and typically have two very different root causes. It doesn't mean they don't coexist, right? Um, but so first I, I want to uncouple those. So let's talk about the anxiety. Um, you know, st- a stress response does start with that fight or flight response, but there's different things that happen if you're depressed or if you're anxious and a completely different pattern that happens in the brain when you have busy brain, which also leads to the difficulty focusing and the insomnia, which is the uh, pattern of insomnia is difficulty shutting down racing thoughts at night, waking up in the middle of the night with the inability to go back to sleep because the brain is churning. Those are the things that we look for in busy brain. So yes, it starts with that basic concept that everybody starts to quote because it's sexy to talk about brain science of the stress response, but there's something more comprehensive that happens in the DMN, your dorsal motor uh, network, that is a comprehensive circuitry involving multiple regions of the brain that contribute to your ruminating and your thoughts going over and over and you're losing focus. And that can feed into the insomnia and other physical symptoms. So it that that's what happens. And then I want to look at the root cause, like why did it happen? And so again, I use the example, Lee, you, I, and Ben all have busy brain. Brain shift gets to the five root causes. S stands for sleep. Is it a disturbance in your sleep cycle or circadian rhythm? H stands for the role of hormones our hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis. So hormones in the brain and the thyroid and the adrenal and sex hormones. Um, I stands for other markers of inflammation like vitamin D3. F is how we use food to fuel ourselves. And T is the role of technology. You talked earlier about the study of attention and Microsoft. So, you know, it's a comprehensive program But to give that example, if you, Ben, and I all have a busy brain, well, it may be because I have a thyroid and you have a low vitamin D3 level and Ben has a leaky gut. And that's what brain shift gets to is all of us have a different pattern that is underlying and causing the busy brain. So that's very interesting to me. So is there a lot of blood work done to kind of identify what's going on? You know, one when people come into the eight-week program, they take a more comprehensive what we call whole person 360 evaluation, which is what I used to use in the in my doctor's office in the integrative medicine clinic. 
And now it's available online. So it's a combination of using that intake form as well as getting labs. And we have about 22 labs that look at different markers of inflammation and brain shift to help identify it. And then every week a brain shift is a micro habit that I researched because Lee, you know this, and and you work with, you know, companies and executives as well and coach people is um, everybody has enough wellness advice. In fact, we're inundated with it. You open up Instagram or Facebook or a blog article, everybody is throwing different health advice to you. So that creates a busy brain and we get stuck in anxious analysis and we go back to old patterns. I wanted to research the eight most effective micro habits that would stop a busy brain and reset and and have people stand in their brain power. So we walk through a micro habit each week that builds upon itself to calm the busy brain. And what we found is 92% of our executives that went through brain shift in 2020 and 2021 saw a... improvement in five key areas, which was, you know, their sleep, their physical health and their emotional well-being and their behaviors. So that's and I like the micro habit because it's it's small steps. You know, so many clients come in and, you know, they want to just jump forward and it never works that way. It's looking at your sleep, what you're eating, looking at your lifestyle choices. How many how much time a day do you spend on your social media? How much time a day do you spend with in front of a screen? So I, I like that term, micro habit. So c- can you give us an example of a micro habit shift that some people may see in the beginning? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So the first, you know, I mentioned we address sleep, hormones, inflammatory markers, how you fuel yourself with, um, and then technology. So the first week um, coming in, we start a seven-day sleep challenge. The idea is first to restore sleep and sanity, and then it's to boost your daytime energy and focus. So in the beginning, we have something, and if people take the busy brain test, they will get this free resource. I ask you in week one to start the 330 method. The 330 method is how to pause your brain, take a brain pause for three minutes during the day when you go into busy brain mode and for 30 minutes at night to help restore sleep and sanity is what we do. This, Lee, is typically um, to one of your earlier points where you were talking about the study of meditation is People know they need to meditate, but most people who come to me with a busy brain have tried meditation and say it doesn't work. Or somebody like me, I'm human. I'm still prone to a busy brain, and I've had a regular meditation practice now for over a decade. And, you know, what what do we do? So this was how do I take, you know, neuropsychology, brain science, and mindfulness and bring them together and teach people recognize brain pause step away of what we say from the scene of the crime and do a sensory reset. And so in our free resources that people can get in social media on my website, we walk people through the steps, the 330 method, three minutes during the day to do a brain pause and do a sensory reset and then 30 minutes at night. It sounds very simple. <laughs> and and it and the truth is it is simple. It's just what I have found is people don't believe that they can do it. They don't believe that they really can shift. And I don't use that term, but but it's the same thing. And that once they understand 
you've got to own it. Whatever's going on in your brain, in your body, you've got to own it and accept it. That's when they can start to, I can do three minutes. That's nothing. 30 minutes. That's nothing. I can do those things. How willing do you find people are to, when you, when you suggest that, does everybody just jump right on board? Yeah. I mean, you know, you're absolutely right. Like people are like, I can do three minutes and they'll try it for a couple of days and forget. Right. So my job is how am I doing a micro habit or creating a shift where it is. And so I'll use the example of evolution hospitality, where I have the honor of serving as chief wellness officer. And we introduce this concept. It's literally the mindfulness program or the corporate wellness program we have is called the power of pause. And we train to take a brain pause during the day. And so we use cues that are already built into your day. So uh, when team members get together, could you take a pause together before you start your stand-up meeting or a conference video call? So that's something that happens daily is people meeting in person, running hotels or on video conference calls. And then that cue, remember to take a pause. So it's, it's building a habit into something that's already happening. And we're very fortunate when we did the data before the pandemic, um, over 70% of the company had adopted the power of pause. Now we look at other fortune 500 companies that call me for help and their HR teams will tell me, wow, Dr. Romy, like, you know, we, we tried to roll out an app and we've had maybe five, 10% of employees downloaded in the first 30 days. And then less than 5% are using it after that. How did you do it? And it's because you know, we anchor the habit of a brain pause into a place in the schedule that naturally already happens. So we're coupling the micro habit with something you're already used to of doing. So we're not, it doesn't feel like a disruption in your day. Well, no, you're doing what socially is acceptable. And that's, I think, very important when people say, you know, we're going to do this together. We're going to stop and we're going to do this together. And well, I want to do it. Heck I, yeah. Count me in. Or if people were shy to start, they would see other people doing it and join in and they quickly saw the benefits. And so, you know, as a company, it was probably the single most thing folks say helped with team morale or making me feel like I'm a part of the team. And everybody was present and paying attention to each other because they put their phones down and, you know, they weren't having side conversations. Instead, everyone is present. And the whole preface of that, taking a brain pause. It's like, you know, you control your mind and then you can control the situation. Well, we've got about a minute before we go to break and you've given such amazing information. What if we could leave them with one takeaway, what would that be? Or two. Well, you know, my first thing is, is not to dismiss you. You said something earlier, Lee, that was really poignant that we wear stress as a badge of honor and who's not stressed these days. And My advice is uh, test, don't guess your stress level. So we have a free resource for you, the Busy Brain Test on my social media and website, drromi.com. Get your number so then you can make a plan. Great. And folks, I just have to tell you, I've taken the Busy Brain Test and it's very easy. It's a lot of fun. It was very reflective for me to stop and look. I mean, I I like to think I walk my talk, but taking that test gave me a look at myself. So stay with us. We'll come back from break and we'll learn some more. We'll be back after these messages. 
It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. To lose weight, we know that each day we need to burn more calories than we take in through eating, and exercise burns more calories. According to Discovery Health, a 150-pound person will burn about 60 calories while taking a one-hour nap. One hour of sitting and watching television burns about the same. But if that 150-pound person takes a one-hour brisk walk, then say goodbye to more than 250 calories. Cardio exercise like running, biking, swimming, and brisk walking are the best modes of exercise to burn the highest amount of calories and will get the endorphins flowing in your body. Those feel-good neurotransmitters boost your mood naturally. So use exercise to burn calories, lose weight, and to feel good. I'm Annette Hammond. To hear other fitness and weight loss tips, visit our website at AnnetteHammond.com. It's Marching Business News Daily reported a story from CareerBuilder that gave some humorous examples of actual job interview blunders. One Boris Norris candidate decided to take off his shoes during the interview. Probably not the best idea, even if you don't have smelly feet or podobromhidrosis. Another job applicant brought a how-to-interview book with him to the interview. Then he asked, what company is this again? And my favorite, the candidate who asked for a sip of the interviewer's coffee. That will cause a lot of problems, and also it's a bit bumptious. And finally, one job applicant asked the interviewer if they could wrap it up quickly, because he had another appointment. And a special thanks to our armed forces, men and women serving at home and abroad. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We're back. Now here is your host, Lee Richardson. So we're back, and right before we went to break, I was telling everybody that I actually went and took the Busy Brain Test because it's a gift that's for that Dr. Rami offers for everyone, and it's very quick, but it was really useful for me. I was answering the questions, and, you know, my first response was, oh, no, no, not at all, and then I would stop, and I would challenge myself, really, Lee? Is it not at all, or is it sometimes? And then I have a good laugh with myself, and and it's something that I think we could all benefit from doing because we've got to become aware of what's going on in your head. The name of the radio show, In Your Head, because we've got to know what's going on in our head in order to change it. I just, I am amazed at how simple, but how comprehensive that busy brain test is. Well, Lee, thank you so much for your honesty, because, yeah, it's really easy to say, no, I don't have that. And, you know, denial is a powerful weapon of the mind. And I don't judge anybody because sometimes life is so hard. We're not ready to face what's going on. But if you're listening to the show right now live or in the recording and I think see it as a sign from the universe, like, ooh, my busy brain is saying, hey, hit the pause button and do something. And you know, it, it's not about we success driven professionals like, yes, did I get under a 30? I can't wait to tweet or send a DM to Dr. Romy. I'm fine. I got under a 30 because life is in cycles. And, and we see that in the pandemic. And I mean, Lee, I'll be honest with you. I do this for a living. And when the pandemic first started, we have multiple family members working at the front line as doctors. Uh, we were re- having to restructure my business. 
I am going to admit that my score was in the 50s uh, and I was struggling too. And so, so know that it's normal and that 82% of people have really high stress scores. And these are some of the most successful executives in the world at the you know, top performing companies. So, you know, you're not alone. And I think the first step is self-awareness always to know, wow, I'm not doing as well as I thought I was, or maybe I'm doing better than I was. And to your point, it's the first place to start is to get your number. What happens after people get their number? You know, we talked about having an eight-week program and starting with the 330 method before the break. Um, If you put your email into the field, we email you the first week or just, you know, what we talk about in our lectures with corporate clients um, straight out of the gate. It's just there for you to try. And then you're prompted again in seven days to repeat the brain, a busy brain test. And we found with teams that, you know, had me in for, you know, two sessions and did the um, brain shift challenge for seven to 10 days in between that on an average, your stress score in 10 days improves by 25%. And what does that mean? People were reporting, wow, I can't believe in seven to 10 days, I'm sleeping better. Um, I got rid of some of my belly bloating. My blood pressure is coming down, you know? So so these were some of the many improvements we hear. Well, you know, you mentioned belly bloating. And to me, that's inflammation. I'm not a medical doctor. But I think we all have inflammation in our bodies. And I think a lot of it we put there. Not with intent, of course not, but with what we eat or what we smoke or what we drink. I think a lot of it is if we really stop and look at our lifestyle choices and make a decision to make some changes, what what percent of change do you think could occur with just that action? Yeah, so that's a great question, Lisa. I want to go back and address the inflammation because it's a buzzword in the health world today. And at the root cause of every disease that's out there is inflammation. It doesn't matter whether it's heart disease or Alzheimer's or um, acid reflux disease. It's just inflammation will follow a different pattern and reach a different organ and cause a different type of problem. Okay, so that's inflammation is a big encompassing term. Busy brain is a particular pattern of inflammation that leaves you feeling of lack of energy in the morning that you need excessive stimulants like caffeine or Ritalin to keep going. You're having a challenge focusing. You have ADD. You're not as productive. Uh, You're wired and tired all day and you think you're going to sleep because you're exhausted and then you can't shut down your brain at night. You know, that's a busy brain, a particular pattern of inflammation that I am researching and help people with. So I just want to be clear about that term of inflammation. So we hear things about exercise or an anti-inflammatory diet or meditation. And yes, all those things reduce inflammation. But then naturally, we all have triggers of inflammation. It may be in our environment. It may be in the BPA and the plastic water bottle you're drinking out of right now. It's for most people, the stress of what's going on in the world you know, there's this balance of inflammation and calming the inflammation. And it's a yin and a yang in the body. And you want to keep it in balance. We can't live a life without, you know, some form of inflammation. That's the body's warning system that something needs to be redirected. So I wanted to address that first. And, you know, to answer your question, so we have an eight-week workplace wellness program. And it was designed that if in eight weeks you adapt even one of the eight habits we introduce, 
you'll see an improvement by at least 20%. At minimum, people report that they have restored sleep without needing sleeping pills or alcohol and, and then, you know, have more energy during the day. But, you know, I humbly learned, like myself, I'm dealing with success-driven professionals and you give them homework. Everybody is going through and doing all eight micro habits. And by the end, um, you know, more than 50% of people report that they did three or four of those habits, right? So really the lesson here is, if you're listening to this going, Dr. Romy, where do I start? I ask, like, I, I'm a firm believer, Lee, how about you, that we inherently as an individual knows what our body needs right now. Like, if I tap in, I will be like, I really need a nourishing meal that has more protein in it. Like, my body is craving that right now. You may need sleep. You 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 may need to move and stretch. Whatever that is, you know what you need. Pick one small action to take. So when you they come to you or Eileen and they say, I want to lose weight. I want to, you know, a big goal. That's not a brain shift. A brain shift is one small habit to get you to that goal. So do you want to change your diet or do you want to put more movement into your daily life? Yeah. Those types so, of, yeah. Well, if you're going to change your diet, even that's too big, right? A micro habit would be I'm going to add one serving of a fruit or vegetable to every meal. That's a micro habit. Or a micro habit is I'm going to add, you know, one more glass or bottle of water to my everyday. That's a micro habit. We break it down into something really simple. So losing weight or changing diet is so big and overwhelming. And most people aren't going to change the way they eat. No, you're right about that. <laughs> There's and no the, doubt about that. Yeah. And Lee, here's something else that I'll say that will make your listeners take pause, especially those that maybe work with others. If there's one thing I learned as a chief wellness officer, it's easy to say it's hard work in the background. And you're thinking of employees that are at the front lines, that are at the front desk of our hotels or our housekeepers all the way up to our C-suite. And wellness means something different to everyone. The one thing I realized as chief wellness officer that we're doing as a health and wellness community that's a disservice to humanity is shoving a diet down somebody's throat mm -hmm. because most of the nutrition plans that are out there are not sustainable. And why is that? Because they are not culturally diverse. They are not inclusive. And, you know, the example I use at Evolution Hospitality is we have hotels all over the United States and Canada, and we have employees from all over the world. And so to tell someone they can't eat something that's tied to their religion or a holiday or a family tradition, like, you know, my grandmother's biryani recipe is epic. You know, may she rest in heaven, that you're actually taking joy away from people by promoting the same five, 10 foods in an anti-inflammatory diet. And you're taking comfort away. Um, you know, United States alone for our global listeners is so diverse with the 50 states and territories. And we know that there are different foods that are popular in every region of the United States. And if you grew up in a location or live, you may love something. And, you know, we don't want to take those foods away from people. So the idea is, is what is a micro habit you can do without a punishing diet? Well, I love that because I get asked that question probably 10 times a week. What are your, what do you think about diet? You know, what's the best diet to be on? 
And my answer is always just to stay away from processed food. If it comes in a bag, a box, or a can, and it's good for a couple years, there's something in there that's not good for your body. And and that they can kind of grasp. Okay, but you're not telling me I can't have the French fries. You're not telling no. No. Make the French fries yourself, you know? Well, that, the, in an ideal world, Lee, yeah. But could I have some Dr. Romy real talk here? Of the course. I help are busy. They are juggling, you know, very busy jobs, often children or caregiving for the elderly. Um, to cook three meals a day may be impossible, right? So my rule of thumb is the 80-20 rule, right? That we're eating clean 80% of the time and the 20% of the time. You know, if you're eating something that came pre-prepared from the grocery store, just make a better decision. So my best advice to people is to schedule your comfort food. We celebrate comfort food every week in Brain Shift. And we love the chat of what people are eating. Because if I allow people their comfort food 20% of the time, so one to three meals a week, all of a sudden it's easier to make um, healthier choices for you. Uh, as an integrative medicine doctor, our job is to study the science behind every one of those trendy diets that are out there, whether it's whole food, whole 30, keto, intermittent fasting, paleo, uh, sugar detox. I mean, you name it, like every month there's a different trend out there. And what I know is one size doesn't fit all. And everybody, depending on what your age is, what your gender assigned at birth is, what your ongoing health issues are will respond to a different nutrition plan. But at the end of the day, nobody sticks to a diet. So it's literally creating micro habits of what is it that you personally need for your nutrition, right? So, you know, I, I said protein and I'm a pescatarian. I'm largely plant-based and uh, eat fish and rarely I'll eat chicken and I really don't eat beef. So, you know, the keto diet that's telling me to eat all this meat or paleo, it, it, it doesn't just resonate with me. So I'm going to struggle and not last even more two, three days on it. And that's one example. But I think there's everyone can relate to that, that every diet plan that's out there is so restrictive. So I don't even go that far. I don't say what don't not to do. I actually give you in brain shift, we give you small micro habits of what to do. So I gave you some examples of adding a, another, you know, bottle of water, a glass of water a day, adding a, a serving of fruit and vegetables to every meal. Like those are the kind of micro habits that create change over time without feeling like you're being punished. What do you think, Lee? Oh, I love it. Because the first thing I think is that's so doable. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, I can do that. Mm -hmm. And that's not what, when you try to have serious talk, with people and 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 I really think that you I agree with you totally. People know what they need. Yeah. They know the changes that they need to make in their lifestyle. They just need some help pro when at the Brain Performance Center, they need some help processing. And mm -hmm. a lot of times it's it's the EEG, you know, if you've got too much slow wave, it'd be I'd love to see Microsoft look at EEG again. I love that they included that in their study. And I'd love to see them look at, and when you say inflammation in the EEG world, that's too much 20 to 30 hertz. Um, so I'd love to see that, to be able to have a study that shows that. But it's, they know what they need. 
And when you say it to them and, and they'll look, they'll look in the eye and go, yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> but in, so then, you know, it becomes frustration and the guilt and the shame kind of kicks in because we knew and now, you know, they do something, you know, comprehensive like a EEG or spec scan or even taking a simple busy brain test. We know it, it's just how can I guide you to go back inherently? You know what you need. And, you know, or people come to me and like, you know, you and I discussed the buffet is so big for health and wellness advice. It's almost overwhelming. What diet do I start with? Do I start with exercise? Do I start with diet? Do I start with sleep? Do I start with meditation? I can't do all four at once. And so my job was what is one easy micro habit you can add every week that isn't going to take you out of your routine. So, you know, if there's a birthday in your family this weekend and you want to have a cocktail or a piece of cake, like go ahead. Light, you know, if, if we've learned anything the last two years is that these simple moments of joy can't be taken for granted. And, and food, it, I think food should be the sixth love language. I, I'm a firm believer in that. So do not punish yourself by going on a diet. And I, I agree with you totally. And, and don't punish yourself for anything. That's one of the things that I really work with people on is and when doing some performance coaching is focus on the reward, not on the punishment. I mean, I learned early on raising two boys. I got a heck of a lot more out of them when I used reward than I did punishment. Yes, yes, exactly. And you know what? That doesn't stop in childhood, Lee, does it? Right? No. If I feel like I'm rewarding myself or I'm being positive with myself, like you go, girl, you added, you know, more fruits and vegetables to your diet. Then you go to bed saying, hey, everything could have gone wrong today, but I got to win. I followed through on my fruits and vegetables plan. And that creates some positive thinking because we all have those little ants, those automatic negative thoughts. They run through our heads so fast and furious. We don't even know they were there. It's just all of a sudden I'm irritated or I'm overwhelmed. And it does all come from self-defeating thoughts. Lee, you should do that. Lee, you must do that. And the shoulds and the musts, they have these two other friends, shame and blame. Yeah. I decided to get rid of those guys. Replace well, those shoulds with the coulds. Yeah, it is. But it's not easy, is it? You know, we, we all shoulda, coulda, woulda in our brains. I could have eaten better. I should have exercised more. I I would have more time to meditate if I didn't have to get my kids to school in the morning, right? So we, we all have that. And I, I think the idea is, is we can't just think our way out of it. It's thinking and doing. And how can we empower people to make one brain shift at a time? Well, you're right. And it's the doing because people will tell you, I know what I need to do. And they can give me, they've given me a really well laid out plan on what they need to do. But okay, what's stopping you from doing it? So it's the doing Mm -hmm. that really comes into play. And I love that you're doing it on such a global, when I say global, I just mean a big population basis because- That's socially acceptable. Oh, that's that's the cool thing to do. I want to be cool. <laughs> yeah, we 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 do actually have a global audience, and the virtual world has really helped that because 
you know, most of my corporate clients have global offices or we get called from companies based abroad. So, yeah, I mean, this message that you and I are talking about is universal. Busy brain is not just an issue in the United States that you and I are involved in the United States or corporate clients that we help are in South America, South Asia, East Asia, you know, all over Europe. And, you know, this is a a global awakening in the pandemic. And um, issues with our brain and mental health are not just limited to the United States. Absolutely not. I've looked at statistics that show, you know, uh, the shift in suicide rates. And that's just not in America. That's globally. Mm-hmm. The shift in anxiety and depression. And I've heard people say, well, you know, Lee, I don't know why I suffer with anxiety. I don't have, you know, I, there's no reason I should be anxious. I, I don't have a big job. I don't have financial worries. You know, I I should be happy, but I'm not. So it's that self-blaming and that self-evaluation that really gets in our way. Absolutely. So what advice do you have for someone? Let's just stop and, and ponder that person, that really everything should be going very nicely for, but it's not. What advice do you have for that person? I start with this, that your brain is not broken and your mind is not a mess and your spirit did not depart your soul. You are whole. And I see you as a whole person and I see your team as a whole organization that has the ability to thrive. I love that. Yeah. In today's world, there are so many people dispensing advice and self-help books and self-development. And it's not meant to feel like you and I, Lee, are broken or we're talking to people as if they're broken. You and I see people as whole people. It's just my personal belief is I'd like to wake up tomorrow a better woman than I was today. And if that means I can create a little brain shift and start with the state of my brain and do that, whether it's what I'm doing, how I'm thinking, how I'm feeling, how I'm behaving, and and move forward. So I, I think that's the first thing I want everyone to know. Your brain is not broken, your mind is not a mess, and your spirit did not depart your soul. You are whole. And, and thank you for mentioning the spirit, because, you know, I always tell, ask people, do you have a spiritual side? Well, yeah. Well, tap into that. It doesn't matter if it's God, it's Buddha, it's Allah. Do you believe in a higher power? Tap into that because there's strength. I mean, you're from a holistic standpoint, it's not just a physical, it's not just emotional. There's a whole, there's strength if you can tap into all three realms. Well, spirit is also our internal compass. And, and I talk about it in my TED Talk, and it's it's something that mindfulness meditation, you know, the ability to take a brain pause can help. And the way I explain it to my executive clients is, you know, have you ever had the perfect candidate interview in front of you? Everything was perfect in their letter of recommendations, in their resume, their answers, but something deep inside of you said, there's something wrong, they're not a right fit. Or any parent listening will know this, your internal radar will start screaming if your child is in danger or sick and they're not in front of you, there's something in you that knows that spirit, that's our internal compass that comprises of, of intuition and our connection with the, the consciousness of the world. 
and whether people use religion to tap into your own spirituality, uh, you use self-reflection exercises. It's that ability to, to really quiet your mind and your body and go within. And we all just that ability and that's spiritual health. And so career burnout often happens because somebody's spirit is not nurtured in that job. And that's why we see this great resignation or great reevaluation as people are. It's their, their spirits are like, I'm not living a life of purpose or passion, or this isn't my true calling. That spirit, and often I see is it was something spiritually that was hurt or not recognized or healed that then goes on to create um, the mental and the physical symptoms, and i.e. the busy brain. There's something deep in the spirit, and and that's what that is. That's how I define spirit. Well, and, and I define it really, to, it's your intuition that guides you. But I, I, you, you brought burnout, and I'd like to just touch on that because I have had probably in the last month, I mean, when you have a teenager come in your office and say, Miss Lee, I am just burnt out. I'm like, you're too young to be burnt out. It used to be stressed out, and now it's burnt out. And I think that that's because of the cumulative stress that we've all experienced in the last 20, 20, however many months. But I'm sure working at that sea level, you see a lot of that burnout. Yeah, so we have to be careful. And Leah, I'm saying something you know already, but just to the audience is stress and burnout are not interchangeable words. Feeling stressed is normal for everybody day to day. Being stressed out means the stress levels are limiting your ability to interact with your loved ones or perform your job or perform at school. Typically, rest and recharge will help stress. Burnout is when that rest and recharge and self-care is not helping and that there's actual physical, mental symptoms happening. So I, I really want to be clear with that. So when people say I'm burned out, I think as a, a as clinician or a coach, you really need to have the tools to assess their stress levels and see where they are. And thank you for making that point, because they are not the same thing. And, you know, we have talked about so many different things. We've got a couple of minutes. But for people that want to learn more about you and your social media, how do they find you? Holy, thank you. You know what? We, my job is to help the state of your brain. And so if stress or burnout is on your mind and you're like, wait a minute, Dr. Romy, do I have a busy brain that can't focus, feeling anxious during the day, sleep disturbance? You're not alone. If you go to Dr. Romy on social media or my website, you'll find free resources, including that busy brain test you can take for free. And based on your score, we give you personalized recommendations of what to do for the next seven days. So drromy.com or Dr. Romy on social media. And Lee, thank you for this in-depth soul sister conversation. Well, you're so welcome. And for those that, that aren't the best spellers, I'm one of them, that Dr. Romy is Dr. D-R-R-O-M-I-E. And she, you can find her on Instagram and Twitter. And so if, if you're looking for information, it's out there and it's available. And I encourage you, I encourage you to, to take, it's the beginning of a new year. What better time to stop and think about how you want to go, how you want to move forward in 2022 and what you can do for yourself to help yourself move forward 
in the most constructive, productive, kind way. I mean, that's just in closing the show, I have one thing to say, and that's be kind to yourself and treat yourself the way that you would treat your best friend. Lee Richardson and the Brain Performance Center, we want to thank you for listening. If you'd like to hear more episodes like this, visit us on iTunes, Google Play, Toginet, Stitcher, iHeartRadio.